You're listening to Making a Living Show. I'm Roby Levy. Hi, I'm Marty Ross. I do comedy for a living. There's no place that Marty Ross would rather be than on stage in front of an audience with nothing but his mic in his hand. At 65, he retired from the clothing business, divorced his third wife, and devoted himself entirely to stand-up comedy. Since then, he's gone on to tour the U.S., launch a comedy album, and make Simon Cowell do a spit-take on TV. Here's my chat with the wrinkled rebel himself, Marty Ross. Who are you and what do you make for a living? My name is Marty Ross, and I am a stand-up comedian slash actor. All right, so how did you get started as a stand-up comedian slash actor? Well, I I had a previous career that lasted fifty years, five zero. I was in I was a salesman in the clothing industry down here in America. I also uh, worked for a company in Toronto for uh, one year, and I went I went I went up there. My first trip up there was a major snowstorm, and it. it I noticed that Toronto was very white that time. <laughs> it's, it's pretty white a lot of the time. <laughs> when was that? When about was that, that you were up in Toronto? Look, I'm at the age where I can hardly remember mostly anything. And, and dates and times and years Forget just it. are all mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, because this is sort of pertinent to things, and I hope I'm not being too rude, but how old are you? I am 82 years old. You're 82 years old. You are an active, full-time stand-up comedian and actor. And for those listeners who are not familiar specifically with your name, I'll just qualify. You've been on a little bit of TV, right? You kind of made a was, bit of a splash on something? Uh, uh, yeah, America's Got Talent uh, allowed me to... It was the most fun I've had. I have almost 12 million views from that one clip. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've got friends now all over the world. Well, then tell me what it's like to be like, okay, so you you, you spent your whole life working. You yes. always, you know, my understanding is, is you were always involved in performance, though, and always involved in comedy, but more as a hobby, more as a behind-the-scenes thing. Is that right? Well, my whole life has been comedy. Uh, and big part of that, as I try to teach my grandson, is... Uh, it's very hard for a bully to pick on you when they're laughing. <laughs> That's a good lesson. So, so I've been doing this since elementary school, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, and I, and throughout my career, it 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 helped. Humor helped me sell clothing because they love me coming there, and it was always an experience. And then I took it further and. Uh, now I've been performing uh, professionally, I love saying that, 17 years already. How did you learn to tell a joke? I mean, were there classes when you started, when you were a kid? Were you just a funny kid in class in general, like the class clown? I was the class clown, yes. yes. I, and nobody had to teach me how to do that. Uh, I, I just was. Uh, but when it came to doing comedy really the way i'm doing it now i joined the workshop right away i was i was still in the clothing industry and this workshop run by two people who both performed taught me a lot and and who were these two folks uh barb and steve north husband and wife 
They were a comedy team. Now Barb is my manager and Steve is my coach. Oh, wow. So over all that time, and this, this dates about back like 17 years then, right? Like right at the beginning of you going pro. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I was with them in the workshop for about uh, over 10 years until finally I just started doing privates with them on ideas that I had that I couldn't get together. But it's been a great time. I can't believe that I've been doing it that long. <laughs> well, what, and what's it like working with, uh, you know, with folks for such a long time who know you from the get-go? Like, did they see something in you initially, or was it just that you were a paying customer who was really into it? Like, or you know, did they did they notice something special? I think it was because they saw what I already. I I when I sat down with them the first time, I told them that the kind of stories I told my customers at lunch. And and uh, uh, Steve said to me, that's really great for lunch, but not on the stage, because you're going to be performing in front of people you don't know. And that's a big, that's a totally different thing. What would you say you drew on? Like, what did they help you out with in terms of figuring out how to how to tell a joke to a room full of strangers who really they're there to laugh, but they're not there. To, they don't owe you anything. Uh, yeah. Well, first, the thing you learn, because uh, most comedians are have a lot of issues because they're young. I'm old. <laughs> all those issues, all those issues I had already, right. you know, it's, it, it's not even anything to me, uh, but it, 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 it was learning how to do this and be professional. And it takes an awful lot because nothing can be rushed. Everything's got to be slow and uh i relished it for a guy who doesn't shut up it was a good it was a good lesson (laughs) i find a lot of people think that they're really funny with their friends you know and that you know there's always one guy who's like yeah he's the funny friend or this is the one who does like really good accents or this is the one who just you know always has a quick one-liner what's the difference between that guy and thinking oh you know i'm gonna get up on stage and actually being able to do it well well, first of all, it was the fact that I didn't know what I was going to be in for. Uh, I knew how to be funny, but I didn't know how to be standing on stage funny. And uh, it took many years. It really did. I had to learn everything. And the hardest part was talking to the audience, talking to people that was not part of anything. And that was really difficult. And once I mastered that, I learned everything opened up for me because, again, I don't have fear. And that's very important uh, in this conversation anyway, because when I was on America's Got Talent in front of four judges and about 3,500 people in the audience that I had never performed before more than 400 in my life. And I walked on stage, and I was so calm. It was incredible because I was able to take everything in. Mm-hmm. So when you get up there, when you get when you get up, whether it's in front of four hundred people or thirty five hundred people, or six or six people, 
Yeah. I mean, let's be fair. A lot of the time it's six people. I mean, was the first time you got on stage in front of six people? Like, what was that like? Uh, I got on stage. <laughs> don't, don't make me laugh. That's my job. <laughs> I, I got on stage at a club uh, in a room that holds 240 people, and I'm standing there in front of six. And the owner of the club said, well, you don't have to perform if you don't want to. And I'm like, well, they're here. Why not? So I sat on the end of the stage and I talked to them. And I evidently, it was a father, his girlfriend, his son, and his son's girlfriend. And I evidently upset his son, his son, and his son walked out. So now there's, <laughs> now there's three people. <laughs> Wow, you lost a quarter of your audience. That's impressive. I know that. And the father and the father and the guy's girlfriend are like, yeah, that's just how he is. <laughs> and ev- eventually came back and sat down like he was going to make believe nothing happened. But you don't <laughs> do that in front of a person who can. Hey, <laughs> so I had fun. But it's, it, it, seriously, it's very hard to perform for four people, six people, because most people don't want to be known. They don't want to laugh out loud. And to get them to do that is the first time I knew I could do this. Well, and how did you continue on? For a lot of people, you know, they get up on stage, whether it's in theater, whether it's in comedy, whether it's in music, and, you know, they have dreams of stardom. They have dreams of huge audiences and that really intimate small audience that, could not care less and is probably just here to pick up some drinks or maybe grab a bite of dinner. They're not really there for you initially. How do you keep yourself motivated to keep showing up, keep going to another empty room? It's, it's, it's a challenge that I loved. I loved That's one of the reasons I was one of the people who enjoyed doing bar shows where nobody pays attention because I got them to turn around and listen to me. And when I did that, I knew I won. That I can, this is definitely something I can, I can sink my teeth into. In fact, for my 70-something birthday, I went to the worst possible place, an open mic to perform <laughs> in front of four, four drunks and comedians <laughs> that are busy not paying attention. <laughs> And when I got the four drunks to come on right in front of me and sit down again, it's what I just discovered I can do. So you said that you have been through it all. I mean, you're 82. Is that right? Eight. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. There we go. (laughs) I I, I don't really care. No, it doesn't really. Like, Is it just really a state of mind? It's 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 just another thing. I don't consider it another number. I don't consider it any of that stuff. I go, holy crap! I'm 82. How did that happen? <laughs> That's all. Well, and as somebody who has lived a lot of years and experienced a lot of stuff, as you said, you've been through a lot of stuff, right? Like you've are you, you're not you're not falling prey to a lot of the issues that you know, may affect a lot of other comedians, whether it's, you know, something as nefarious as like drugs or alcohol or any of that stuff, or even just anger or pissed off or feeling anxious. You don't have those things to run into, but what do you feed on in order to feed your comedy? Because usually that's what people are talking about. It's, uh, I have a head, a brain that will not stop 
churning out comedy <laughs> all day long. I talked to my coach about it, and I said, what's going on with me? I, keep, I think comedy, I dream. He said, because you're so into it. I mean, I'm the guy that wakes up at two o'clock in the morning with a joke that just popped into my head that I have to write down now and uh, and then perform it and find out, wow, it is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely better. Most of the stuff I ever wind up writing down is just garbage or it's like, uh, you know, uh, get bananas. Uh, I get that. Or, or maybe maybe you're also one of the people that leaves a piece of paper on your nightstand next to you so you can write down this stuff, and then in the morning you find all these scribbles that you don't know what they mean. It never makes sense. I, I stopped doing that years ago because, yeah, it just made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Such a waste of yes. time. <laughs> but it was so brilliant when you thought about it. Well, yeah, I used to do that when I would sleep. I used to do that, you know, also when you're high. And you sit there and you go, oh, yeah. I'm going to write this down. This is a brilliant epiphany. What a hilarious bit. What a funny joke. What a great lyric. It's all garbage. I throw it all away. Yeah, but but being, being high, that's how it works. It doesn't mean you can extrapolate things from that. So. so tell me about starting off as a pro 17 years ago. What did you do to get the word out? Because the, the world was a lot different. The internet was not the internet. The YouTube wasn't YouTube. The, the reality television wasn't reality television. What did you do to get out there and get your name known? I worked. I went out to clubs. I kept performing. I, I It wasn't even about getting my name out. My name got out because the clubs wanted me, because things were happening. I got people to come to see me. Uh, and, and then, of course... The climax is America's Got Talented. Then everybody saw me. And then luckily, the week after I did the show, which was March 2nd, 2020, COVID shut everything down. <laughs> so I, I don't have those daydreams. I don't have any of that in my head to get in my way about things and what I would want and where I... I don't. I just... This is what I do. And, and when opportunities come, I only say one thing, yes. That's smart. Yeah, you should say yes more. I was talking to somebody who said that they, they actually saw a lot of success by saying no more, but it was no to the things that, were, that, that wasn't making them happy. And yes more to the things that was making them happy. Yeah, I, I, I say yes. I hope I'm not going to get sick from you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cough through the computer. If we wind up transmitting COVID through Zoom, then we're really in trouble. Uh, we could write a book and make a lot of money. <laughs> Don't choke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what about your relationship, though, with all this newfangled technology and stuff? Is Are you still going at things the same way? Like you've got a very active uh, Instagram account, for example. Like, Do you enjoy doing these things, social media and all that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. But but it but but it comes with the job, and and the only thing I do on social media is promote my shows and get just ignore everything else. I, I I'm not interested. I I want to get my word out, and that's what I do. Uh, but I don't follow people, even people I like. What about uh, getting on stage? Are you worried at all about? You know, I, I hear this a lot. A lot of comedians are concerned about their acts being too much, let's say, for the current political climate out there. 
Are you worried about any of the stuff do, you say? Not one word, not one thing. I don't worry about any of this. I don't do political humor. I don't do it not because uh, only one particular reason. I don't do it well. And if I don't do it well, then let people who know how to do that do it. Mine stuff is talking about how old it sucks <laughs> and uh, and uh, and inspiring people because I am freaking old. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst part about getting old? Uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> You name it. I'm understanding that honestly. Like I, everything, everything I'm I'm doing every day, getting older, getting older. I'm I'm getting balder. I'm getting fatter. I'm getting slower. I'm getting creakier. Have I covered the gamut basically so far? Uh, not even close. <laughs> oh, all, shit. All, those, all, all those things are just stuff. It's it's the met it, it, it's the medical crap. That all, what do you mean? I I have what? So I don't know if uh, he if. If you heard this, but my new uh, my new speed bump is leukemia. Oh. Uh, it's oh yeah. Listen, I don't worry about this stuff. This is this doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's like it doesn't matter. But what it is giving me now, since it just happened, is that I have a platform to do something mm-hmm. with. And uh, I sat down with my coach. And I said for my show last week, we have to make leukemia and dying funny. <laughs> How's it coming along? It was fantastic. It really came out well because I didn't dwell on this. This is not looking for sympathy. This is none of that. And what happened after the last show, a man came up to me and said, I have leukemia and I want to adopt your attitude because come on this is a speed bump i i really believe that leukemia is screwing with the wrong little old man (laughs) and and that's what i said i said not only am i gonna beat it i'm gonna beat the crap out of it making my bitch so there you go (laughs) and i did it at a senior show yesterday and they loved it i bet so and just for the record, I'm pretty sure uh, making somebody your bitch is what you do for with Robin Collins, right? Oh, n- n- no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 other than, you know, uh, uh, crapping on him, I just have to say he's done. He's been so fantastic for me. And Robin, if you're listening, turn it off. These nice words will get to you. <laughs> Don't worry. Nobody's no, he, listening. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, my mother God. and my mother-in-law are listening. That's who listens to the show. Uh, hi, my, uh, any of them single? <laughs> Actually, no. Actually, no. Uh, well, uh, ha- uh, have them call me when they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Robin has been a, a, an enormous help and, and a real friend to the show. Not only was he a guest on the show for an episode um, where he was uh, telling everybody how he makes a living by not doing anything. But he was, um, <laughs> he, uh, he's also sent a lot of great folks uh, uh, our way, as uh, yourself included. Um, so, you know, we thank Robin. He means well. I thank him. Yeah. I absolutely. thank him. I thank you and your mother and your mother and all those people. <laughs> all those people. Well, thank you. So tell me something. What kind of advice might you have for somebody who's looking to get into comedy, whether it's, you know, later on in life or whether or not it's, it's early goings? 
it's something you want to do, uh, it's quite simple. Find an open mic and go start talking. And when you find out you suck, get some help. Join a workshop. Learn how to do it the right way. There's too many people that don't take the next steps. Very few people can just get on stage and be good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean everybody, but some people just are. It took a lot of work to get to where I am right now, and I enjoy that kind of work. It doesn't feel like work. Well, where can people find out a little bit more about you, Marty? Oh, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep making a living as a comedian. Oh, as oh, oh. This is the promotional part of the show. <laughs> so, so there's two ways. One, you could, uh, each one of them call, could call one of my three ex-wives, <laughs> or... They can go on my website, MartyRoss.com, or you can go on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Don't bother me on Twitter. <laughs> that place is a wasteland. I don't want to get involved with it. Well, Marty, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing with us how you make a living. Thank you. I'm going to go to take a nap now. Thank you. Bye. Subscribe to Making a Living Show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. For more on the show, visit makingalivingshow.com and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Making a Living Show is produced by Next Exit Media and hosted by me, Roby Levy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>